Hello and welcome to the Tap and Go, your Lions special podcast. Well, it's all on, isn't it? As the Lions head back to Auckland, this series is finally poised at one all. Defeat initially in the first test in Auckland, followed up by victory for the Lions down in Wellington. So they head back to Auckland now. Eden Park is the venue for the third and final test. Warren Gatland has named an unchanged side, the first time the Lions have done so since 1993. So let's send it down to New Zealand then to find out what our journalists down there, the Mirrors, Alex Spink and Wales Online, Simon Thomas, make of it all. Well, hello from Auckland. It's um, Simon Thomas here again and I'm uh, joined once more by Alex Spink of the Daily Mirror. Quite emotional is our last podcast, Alex. What are we going to do after this? Well, it feels like we've been here a lifetime, <laughs> Simon, but uh, it's building up very nicely, so let's hope we can get it over the line. It's fair to say that it's all happening here in Auckland. We just had a ticker tape parade for the triumphant Team New Zealand side that won the uh, America's Cup. That was a fairly large mm-hmm. trophy. Uh, it, the heavens have just opened, there's thunder and lightning, there's port ends in the air, and now we've got a certain a rather significant match this weekend in the decider of the Lions series. Yeah, I mean, it's been, it's been very interesting, America, uh, uh, sorry, New Zealand winning the America's Cup because it has given um, a distraction to the All Blacks, um, <laughs> which they have welcomed with open arms <laughs> after, the, uh, after the shock of losing the second test in Wellington. They've had um, a combination of Sonny Bill Williams being the bad guy getting sent off and then the America's Cup and seem to be quite happy talking about those things and not really scrutinising the All Blacks that closely, frankly. Well, that's of a scrutiny then. Um, there's not a huge amount to say about the Lions team. We did same again starting lineup, same again bench, which we kind of thought. But you couldn't say that about the, um, the All Blacks. Some quite significant change. You've been to the Steve Hansen press conference yeah. today. Yeah. Talk us through the team and talk us through what his kind of explanation for it was. Well, I think they felt that they didn't control the game well enough when they went down to 14 men last week. They, they, they had opportunities, despite being a man short, they had opportunities to really get behind the lines and to cause them more trouble and certainly to play in a better part of the field than mm. they ended up doing. And I think they were very unhappy with that. Um, so consequently, they they changed their the composition of their of their back three completely. Brought in two new two new wingers. While well, Julian Surveyor scored about 46 tries <laughs> in 53 games, so he's hardly a rookie. They moved Israel Dag onto the wing as well, and they brought in Bowden Barrett, the fly halves' younger kid brother, Geordie, Geordie mm. a 20 year old who played very well for the Hurricanes against the Lions. Um, they brought him in to give him his first start. So full of confidence in him and. Certainly, he was up uh, for interview today and he does not lack in confidence. Which is good for him because I would imagine with a triumvirate rate of kickers like Murray, Sexton and Farrell, he might, especially if it's a bit windy and a bit wet, he might get a few bombs uh, to test him out on what, after all, is his first test start. Yeah, but I mean, no. I, think, <laughs> I, I, I think that comes with the territory. I mean, in this series, there's been an awful lot of kicking. Much has been made of the fact that the Lions are going to be kicking all the time, but, you know, the, the All Blacks have put a, a fair amount of uh, of ball to leather uh, on this um, in this series so far and, mm. and you know listen it, it's perfectly poised it's one all somebody's going to have to come up with something slightly different the Lions have gone with the same team you have to believe that they can't just go with the same game plan they've got to trick it up a little bit and knowing Warren knowing the fact that the Lions have won the third test on the last two tours you would expect that they would have something up their sleeve yeah I mean I think we, we kind of expected the same again. Would you personally have liked to see any changes in that Alliance 23? No, I, I, actually I'm pretty happy with it. I mean, I, I, funnily enough, I wasn't particularly happy with it when they named it for the second test. <laughs> I, yeah. I felt that Ben Teo should have played. I wasn't sure about the idea 
um, of playing the two playmakers, um, Sexton and Farrell, together. And if we're completely honest, because Sunnyville Williams was sent off so early in the match, mm. I think the jury is out on whether it was, it was a success yes. or not. Um, they've got Tio on the bench, and I would hope that Gatlin wouldn't be afraid to use him as and when if the experiment isn't working this week. Because I think yes. they've got to get... They, they absolutely can't afford to let New Zealand get any sort of momentum in this game. I think the thing with Mateo, we'd all agree, he's been excellent defensively. He has pretty consistently got behind the opposition. But in that second test, the, I think the view was that there wasn't an end product in terms of passing and offloading. One key moment where there was an overlap, he cut inside, looking for contact, and slipped, and the opportunity went. In, so the, you, in the first test, yeah. Uh, in, in, the, in, the, in the second, uh, in the first test, yeah. sorry, yes. So you can see why the decision was made in that respect. They wanted to go for more of a passing game. Yeah. Now, if you play that 10-12, you have to accept probably you're going to maybe on occasions lose the game line. But I felt that was compensated by the fact that in the coal face of the forwards, suddenly the collisions, the game line, the Lions were more than holding their own. Warburton coming in, Alan Jones having a big game, um, Toje, these kind of characters suddenly were compensating for any game line loss elsewhere. Sure. Well, all of that is true, but, you know, of course they, they, they were down to seven forwards, weren't they? Yes. they they'd taken Kano off. How, so. how important do you think we should be looking at that 14-man factor? Well, I think, it was, I think it was hugely significant that they took Jerome Kano off yes. uh, and then the breakdown went decisively against them. I mean, that was a big call by Steve Hansen to make. Mm. You know, he had to strike the balance somewhere. He had to get another body into the midfield. But, you know, he took off a key man at the breakdown and, and, and O'Brien and Warburton then really came onto their game and, and delivered. Now, this, let's not say, who's, not to, who's to say that, rather, that um, they wouldn't have done that anyway. I mean, we don't know that. We'll never know no. that. Um, the Lions have just got to be grateful for the way the things, that things did pan out in that game. Nonetheless, I, I think it's, it's still going to be the battleground this weekend. It's going to be the, where the game is won and lost. And I think if, if the Lions think they've broken the back of this in, in any shape or form, which I don't think they have, but if they fall into, lull themselves into that way of thinking, mm. they're gonna, they really are in trouble. I suppose if I was to take you know, encouragement from that second test, that would take me into the third set. It would be that plus for the first 25 minutes before Sunnyville went off. It was quite an even game. You could even argue the Lions were slightly edging it. And they scored their first try when it was 14 aside. So clearly the, the loss of the player, the red card early, is in is an effect. But, but I think it was a close contest anyway. But, you know, it's 15 aside this week. We'll find out. But in a way, perhaps it's not going to be 15 aside because there's a certain other factor, which is the Lions' support, which is the thing that will stick with me more than anything from this trip. It's been extraordinary, is not it? Yeah, it, it, listen, it, it is every trip, but I think what's remarkable about this trip is the fact that everyone knew that we were coming to New Zealand, everyone knew the probability was the Lions were going to struggle to be successful, everyone knew that of all the places the Lions go, this is where the weather is traditionally the worst, yeah. and yet despite all of that, there's some 25,000 people have come down here, so I mean, you're absolutely right. That is extraordinary. And you're also absolutely right that they have a massive role to play at the weekend. Because if they can stay in the game, if the All Blacks fail to shut down the crowd as much as the Lions, yeah. then the Lions are going to be a live factor going into the final quarter. And once they get there, we say this every week on the podcast, once, if you can get into the final quarter in the game against the All Blacks, then you have a chance because they've got great goal kickers, the Lions. How much do you still think Eden Park is going to be a massive factor? We all know they haven't lost there since 1994. 
Well, history tells us it's a factor for that for the stat that you just reeled off. Mm. I mean, you know, it's that is a long time to go without losing a game. You know, I asked Steve Hansen about it this morning, and he said it's just a pitch, it's just a, it's just a, a set of stands. You know, there's a set of posts just like anywhere anywhere else. But clearly, it means more to them than that, and yeah. clearly they feel empowered when they play at the place. Um, so yes, it's a massive factor. I mean, if if this game is at Wellington this weekend. You would you would be far more confident, far more bullish about talking up the Lions. Mm. As it is, I still think the All Blacks are favourites. If you were to give the Lions a percentage chance, Alex, what would it be in your own head? I would have thought they're pretty evenly matched. These teams, I would have thought it's probably my percentage chance would be probably 45, 55. I still think the All Blacks have got that edge, and if they keep 15 men on the field. They, they should be good enough to win but you know there are so many variables in rugby and having been with, with Hansen today having heard what he and the players have said do you expect them to play because let's be honest it's the Lions who have played most of the rugby in this series so yeah. far yeah absolutely right um, I think they'll play as much as the Lions allow them to play <laughs> because Bowden Barrett made it quite clear that that is the way the All Blacks play their rugby and I think he's right in that you know, they have to play a little bit more than they have done so far. It, it's fine to have Ritalik and Whitelock absolutely hammering into the breakdown and beating up on the Lions as they did in the first test. The second test, it didn't happen, so they need to have a second aspect to their game, something which takes them occasionally around the Lions as opposed to just through them up the middle. I think if they have that, they're going to be very difficult to beat. But if they don't, if the Lions can impose themselves on this game, if they can stay on the front foot, if they can get possession, and most important, if they can get territory, which is what they completely failed to get in the first test, if they can get all those things, then there are enough players of, of match-winning quality, proven match-winning quality on the Lions to bring this one home. Well, I had a coffee with um, Sam Warburton's dad, Jez, earlier today, and he admitted he spent most of the last week in tears, mainly <laughs> tears of joy. So let's be hoping that uh, Jez and all the other Lions fans will have a few tears of joy this weekend because it would be a special way to end. What's been a special tour, wouldn't it? It would be probably the single greatest achievement by a, a Lions squad in the history. I mean, that's, that's how big it is. I'll top that. Well, thanks for listening. Thanks to Alex for being with me. And um, fingers crossed for the weekend. Speak to you soon. Cheers. So that's what Alex and Simon make of things then ahead of the third test. As I mentioned earlier, Warren Gatland has named an unchanged 23 Perhaps a few eyebrows raised that Makovuni Pola stays in the starting 15 after some of his indiscretions last week, but they've stuck with him and Jack McGrath remains on the bench. Let's listen in now to what Warren Gatland had to say in his press conference on Thursday ahead of the big game. Well, I think, I think for a group of players, uh, that there's no doubt that, and we haven't spoken about that maybe in the next 24 hours and stuff, is that they have an opportunity to leave a bit of a legacy, don't they? Well, this opportunity that hasn't, you know, it's been since 1971. I think it was 11, 11 tours in New Zealand, only one there ever been won. So um, they were a chance to do something special. And, and, you, and you get those moments in your life and you don't want those moments to pass you by. And that's, that's what a big, big occasions and big sporting events are about. And so I have no doubt that, not, not today, but tomorrow and Saturday, the, the, the players will start thinking about it. And, that, and that'll build slowly over the next um, 48 hours or so to, to the match as, as it starts to get closer and the, and the players start to realise that um, what potentially could happen and, and I said what a special moment that could be when he when his series in New Zealand creating a legacy creating history for themselves um, and, and and doing something special 
So that's what Warren Gatlin's feeling. The players on Saturday have got an opportunity to create somewhat of a legacy for themselves with victory over the All Blacks. It would certainly be a rare occasion. Now let's send it over to Ireland now to see what the feeling is over there. I caught up with the Irish Mirror's Michael Scully earlier on, and here's what he had to say. So Michael, thanks for joining us on the Tap and Go podcast. Um, let's dive straight in then. Um, what, what are your thoughts on the team for Saturday? It's not very often you see an unchanged 23 these days. What, what do you make of it? Yeah, you're right. Uh, I, my initial thoughts were probably that uh, I would have liked to have seen him freshen up, but uh, when I suppose when you think about it a bit more deeply, the fact that this is the 23 that beat the All Blacks. Um, it's kind of hard to argue in a way that he's that he's gone again. I suppose they must have taken a very close look at energy levels this week. I know they gave them a couple of days off in Queenstown and um, let them back at it then. Uh, you can see the logic behind this. I suppose there's been a few uh, a few calls for some selection uh, changes, maybe at, at uh, second row, in particular front row. Uh, especially after Marco Vunipola's um, carry-on in the second half mm. last week. Uh, but I think it's fair enough. I think these guys have now beaten the All Blacks and given another crack at us. Um, you can't really argue with it, really. Yeah, you mentioned Marco Vunipola there. I guess he was one of the ones who was probably the most nervous ahead of this announcement. Do you think Jack McGrath is probably slightly unlucky not to get a start? Slightly, but when, I suppose when you think about what what Vonapola brings to us, um, I think he's slightly still above um, Jack. I think Jack has really grown into it in the last couple of years, and he's he's certainly a guy that they can depend on um, if Michael goes down early or if you know if, he, if if they turn to Jack early in the second half or whatever. He, he's a very very strong performer. Uh, I think with Michael, what you've got is just uh, just sheer physical presence that maybe Jack doesn't have um, and uh, I think initially I think we're, what we're going to see uh, on Saturday is the All Blacks are going to cra- they're really going to crash into uh, the Lions like never before and I think what, what the Lions need to do is withstand certainly the first 10-20 minutes of just a ferocity that's, that uh, maybe a lot of them haven't experienced before and I think to have a guy of his sheer bulk and physicality there is, is probably not a bad thing to be honest. Yeah, okay. I guess they're going to have a word, or they probably will have already had a stern word with him um, about his discipline. I guess the All Blacks might try and wind him up a bit as well, but he seems quite a relaxed character, Macavonipola, so I think he'd yeah. do, well, do well to wind him up. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I just, it just was kind of baffling the way he was carrying on in the second half. It was just kind of like, calm down, like, what are you doing? Yeah. You know? Uh, <laughs> just mindless stuff some of the stuff you know and, and it really nearly cost them I, to be honest uh, early in the second half I was fairly convinced that they were going to lose yeah. uh, despite the numerical advantage um, the fact that they pulled it out the way they did was hugely commendable to them uh, but I really thought they were going to blow it you know their discipline just went out not just him to be fair their discipline just went out the window and we've seen that a couple of times on the tour um, they spoke before the game of you know if we have double digit penalties we're going to lose and mm. It crept well above that, and luckily for them, Sonny Bill uh, got worst of all and, and uh, yeah. got his just desserts, you know. So they, they know they can't afford the repeat in, in, uh, in Auckland, or, or they'll be sunk. I, I, it's going to be very, very difficult for them to, to win on, on the bounce, but for to have any chance, their, their discipline just has to be watertight. Mm. You mentioned earlier briefly uh, Queenstown. A lot has been made of this. Um, 
obviously giving the players a few days off, going to somewhere like Queenstown where there's a lot going on. Um, what yeah. have you made of it? It's something they've done before and they keep telling us they've done it before and it's worked in the past. Um, yeah. what, what have you made of this little, uh, little uh, sort of side trip they've yeah, done? Yeah, you know, like, like, okay, like, they've they just played one of the hardest test games of their life and they've got another one coming up. I don't think it's, I, I can see the logic in kind of letting them have a, a mini blowout in the, in the little way, but I thought it was interesting that Brian O'Driscoll said there uh, over the last couple of days that to him the, the real the real uh, problem was the fact that they kind of it was all kind of blown up on social media and, and it kind of it kind of highlighted to the All Blacks well look you know we're we've taken it slightly easier at the start of the week whereas you can imagine that the All Blacks were straight into meetings there was a lot of a lot of uh, hard words were said and and uh, in a way that does portray the wrong image for the Lions and it was interesting that O'Driscoll said that because recently he, he gave a very interesting interview where he talked about that a lot of the, the kind of the you know the post-match drinking had got out of the game the bonding the kind of thing that brings a, a team together so in a way, it was nice to see them go and have a little bit of a blowout and, and, and you know, just, just have a little bit of relaxation and then get back down to work. The All Blacks might use it as ammunition, though. You could, you, you could definitely see that happening. Yeah, I mean, a few of them, it already came up earlier in the week. I think Jerome Kaino was the one who said that they'd yeah. rather be training, which was a, a nice little jibe from him. But, you know, I, I think you can sort of see both sides of it, really. And, and yeah, I, think I agree, I agree. Yeah, and, and also, they, these guys, they're coming to right to the end of absolutely it's more than a year you know it's, it's mm. more than a year now that they've been that they've been at this um, but a lot of their clubs are back in pre-season training already yeah. and you know they, they're in peak physical condition the fact that they played last Saturday and, and most of them played the previous Saturday too you know they're, they're in fine condition I, I honestly think it's, it, to make them mentally fresh for what's ahead this probably wasn't a bad idea yeah um, so heading into the, the crunch match then can you can you be optimistic, but with a little bit of caution? I think that's kind of the way I feel about it. Like you said, um, they were quite lucky in a way in the in the second test that Sonny Bill did what he did. Barrett missed a few yeah. kicks, etc. I don't want to take sure. too much away from what they did to win that match, but the stars sort of aligned for them to go ahead and win it, and they and they still, like you said, almost blew it. So how how do you feel heading into the third test? I feel pretty pessimistic. I actually thought that the Lions would win last week. I, I thought um, my, my prediction coming into the first test was that they'd lose, that Sexton would come back at 10 and that they'd win. I didn't say it to you guys. I said it to an Irish <laughs> podcast, <laughs> an Irish mirror podcast. But uh, I, I, I just can't see them. I can't see them pulling it off again. I, I, I can't see the All Blacks playing the same way. I, I you know, everything, every, as you say, stars were completely aligned for the Lions, the weather, everything was just perfect for them, and, and yet they only just got over the line. Um, it's interesting that they brought, I, I, I think that may, the only maybe thing that might work in their favour is that the, that Steve Hansen has turned to Jordy Barris, who's an exceptional kicker, but he's still only very young, and um, if it came down to it, if it came down to it, and a kind of a, a tight crunch game, uh, it'd be interesting to see how he how he lives with that, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, none of these players have really been in this situation before. Um, but what I what I go back to is can the Lions learn the the, the lessons that Ireland learned in, uh, last November, uh, two weeks after beating them in Chicago. The 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 
Dog Lacks turned up in Dublin and their ferocity was just at another level, you know, and mm. I don't think, you know, Ireland played very well that night as well, but the All Blacks just weren't going to be beaten and they were very happy to step over the line when, when required that night mm. and they got the results and, and, you know, they're going to be, if you think about it, they're going to be hurting badly. They've just lost for the first time in such a long time at home. They're not going to want to have that to happen again. You know, they will do everything mm. in their power to prevent that happening again. So I really think, I'd love to see it happen. Mm-hmm. It would be it'd be an amazing slice of history, um, especially for guys like Alan Jones, Johnny Sexton, who yeah. probably were playing their last, uh, probably is, is the word, I suppose, playing their last uh, Lions game. Yeah. There's probably a few more in the same boat. Um, it would be an absolutely amazing way for them to sign off, but I just can't see it happening. Yeah. Um, let's move away from from the pitch a second. Um, I don't know if you've noticed, but there's been a fair bit of um, discontent in Scotland at the moment. Um, I see a lot going on on Twitter. Um, I see the, there's a few news newspapers up there writing a few articles um, about how they've been harshly treated in terms of the, there's no Scots in the test team. Um, none of them will see any test action uh, this time around. And people saying they'd rather see the Lions lose um, because of that. Um, where do you stand on all this? Do you do you feel that the four nations should be represented, or or do you need to look at this from a purely pragmatic point of view and say you've got to pick your best twenty three players to win these games? I, I think like Ireland have been in this situation before as well. You know, it's it's very hard to be watching on while, while you know maybe one or two of your players are, are, are involved, and you see you see that most of the team come from England or Wales or whatever. It's tough. Uh, but I really don't see I, I don't see what else Warren Gatton could have done here like mm. it, it, I don't see the fact that Greg, Greg Laidlaw shouldn't be in the matchday squad you know Tommy Seymour shouldn't be in the matchday squad either you know, although he has improved as the tour has gone on mm. it's, it's tokenism if that was to happen you know that, like they have played their part on this tour um, as much as other players from other countries have I've had to pitch in and you know a guy like for example Rory Best who's Ireland's captain you know he hasn't had a look in on the tour on the tour stage Peter O'Malley who captained the first test test team and he hasn't had a look in for the next, last, next two games you know the, on a personal level I'm sure these guys are gutted but you can't just take a you can't just take a box and go right there's two from one country there's four yeah. from another you know it just doesn't work that way you've got to play the best from the the, the composite side of the four of the four nations. That's the way it's always worked, and it's just unfortunate for the Scots in this situation. I, I know there's there's a lot of arguments that you know one or two of the greys should have been involved. Yeah. Sure, but you look at the second row, and and the competition is just immense. You know, mm. it's a matter of opinion at the end of the day. The coach the coach has to live and die by his results, and I'm sure come Saturday, if the Lions uh, as predicted lose. Uh, Gatlin will, will cop a lot of flack to be honest I think the tour has gone very well I, I, I was seriously worried for them going out there that, that it would be an embarrassing tour because they were facing such such a, a you know serious opposition all the way along the line and yeah. I think it's gone very well to be honest and, and uh, I think that's all you can really ask for is going to New Zealand um, so I, I think the gripes are a little bit much um, I think let's wait and see how, how the cards fall on Saturday and, and analyse it then but like I say I think he's I think he's tried to be fair all rounds and yeah. and um, 
on this occasion the Scots are, are the unfortunate ones to lose out yeah just on um, on Peter Omani then that's an interesting little situation they I think you can call it how, how does he how do you think get into his mind for a second or how do you think he's feeling at the moment obviously he captained the, the team in the first test and and since then hasn't been involved in the match day 23 I mean that, that's a bit of a turnaround isn't it yeah like I'm sure like the guy the whole thing about the guy is he's just such a competitor you know and he just he'll do, he'll do anything to win the other thing about him is it's all about it is all about the team for him and uh, I'm sure that if the lines go well on Saturday he will be happy for them I, I I don't think he I think he'll look back and he'll be disappointed but he'll also understand mm. the, the situation to be honest I'd like you can I like here in Ireland there hasn't been any big uproar about it to be honest you know I think it's I think what's happened is fair enough I, I don't think I don't think he's, he can be seen as being scapegoated for what happened in the first test it's just a matter of circumstances that Warburton was, was fit and ready to come in and that, that the way he plays the game was the way it had to go for the second test yeah. and um, that's just the way it is again the back row is such a, such a tough area yeah. he might have come back in had, had Sean O'Brien um, missed out with that sighting but yeah. just unlucky for Peter and I suppose you know he wouldn't want to come back in that, in that circumstance anyway to be honest yeah yeah. Just, just finally before I let you go then um if if the Lions could pull this off uh, on Saturday at Eden Park, where would this rank among some of the great sporting achievements for you? Yeah, I think to be honest, I you know I when you, when you, when you're watching on at home, you're watching maybe the Sky coverage, and it and it, it does go to be honest hugely over the top, and yeah, yeah. it it does it does cause a little reaction inside. I think, and it, you kind of do pull back a little bit, mm. but then you look at the players and. You see what it means to them, and, and what, it, what what it would mean, what an achievement it would be. Uh, gee, I, uh, it would be, be sensational. You know, I, uh, myself, like many others, I'm sure, thought they'd go over there and lose three 0 and, yeah. and here they are with a, a fighting chance of a chance of, of what, what the Will Green would call it, you know, immortality, which I, which it is, you know. And I mean, it would certainly put put an end to any any thoughts of. You know why should the lines continue? It would be yeah. just a sensational, sensational achievement. And um, like you say, I don't know. Maybe some of the coverage is just a bit over the top, and it kind of turns you off a little bit. And that's that's a sad thing to say. Mm. Maybe if you were over there in the middle of it, it would, it would maybe mean a lot more. But yes, you know, I'd, I'd just love to see for the players' point of view that they could pull it off. It would be just sensational. There, I think. What we've seen recently is a few cracks in the All Blacks machine. So, yeah. you know, from rugby's point of view, it would be great to see a few more cracks because when one team's dominating to the extent they do, obviously it makes it a little bit boring. So, yeah, let's hope it happens. Indeed. All right, then we'll uh, we'll watch on with interest on Saturday and hope they can pull it off. Uh, as always, Michael, thanks for joining us. Thanks, Matt. Cheers, mate. And that's just about it, folks. It's time for the talking to stop now and for the action to really begin. All eyes turn towards Auckland and Eden Park for kickoff at 25 to 9 on Saturday morning. And the big question is can the Lions do it? Can they create history? We're about to find out.